fucking assholes and you're an asshole too. That is why we started up this podcast just for you. If you are offended, if we make you want to cry, you're the reason why we shout who invited this guy. Who invited this guy? Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yeah. What's going on, bitches? in the 28 degree garage yeah we're always so excited when we start these episodes not so excited by the end of the second yeah (laughs) (laughs) just like licking the inside of beer cans to find the last drop (laughs) Uh, so uh, i saw the weirdest thing today if you don't mind no Um, not at all i was on my way here actually and there was when i was pulling on to route 130 there was a older white uh dodge caravan that when I was making my left onto Route 130, this motherfucker comes flying up Route 130, almost blows the light, skids its wheels, and stops. A Dodge Caravan? Probably, yeah, probably 15 feet past his line, right? So So in the middle of the intersection. Yeah, and I'm stopped in the middle of Route 130, waiting to see if he's going to run the red in front of me so I don't die on the way over here. Um, So he finally stops, and I continue with my left. I go around the circles, and I'm about to go up Delcy Drive or whatever it is, and this motherfucker is on my ass, and he's got his fucking high beams flashing and shit, and the first second he gets, he's around me and gone. Guy was doing like 80 miles an hour on Delcy <laughs> Drive into Woodbury. Where Are you he, fucking kidding me? There's where did cops he have everywhere. to go? No idea, man. He the only needed thing coke I think, stat. Yeah. Maybe well, it doesn't he sound like coke. he was crashing yet. <laughs> doesn't also, like he was at that phase. I was thinking that uh, Inspira Hospital is in Woodbury, so maybe yes, like he's is. bringing his wife who's pregnant to the hospital. I don't know. but so They have their 19th kid because yeah. they drive a 1992 no, 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 no. Dodge Grand no, no. Caravan. It was probably her, a 92. Her 19th kid. <laughs> his first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, that was that was crazy. I almost died, and then this motherfucker was just. Mm, Who invited that fucking guy? People in New Jersey. I don't. I don't like him at all. Not at all. This is the Who Invited This Guy podcast. I'm Danny T. I'm Eric. I'm Josh. And tonight we have a special episode, like I say every fucking week. But this one's really great for me because I really get into research-heavy episodes. And this one we're going to cover a huge topic. We'll get more specific in a minute. I'm just going to let you know. That it's war time, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, you ready for the blood? <laughs> but before you find out which war we're jamming down your throat with our huge gun cocks tonight, Potsy, will be brought to them by? Uh, tonight we're brought to them by a little bit of vintage seltzer. You were going to bring them weird fizzy drinks. Like yeah. last week, what did you bring? The fucking, the yeah. thumbs up your ass yeah, cola, yeah. yeah. He's, he's ketoing. Yeah, no, uh, that's right. Okay, all right, no judgment. I mean, I'm kind of on keto right now. <laughs> Gina's full-blown keto, and I'm just along for the ride, and then there's McDonald's every once in a while. Yeah. Like, I, I'm doing fast food once a week. Okay, whatever. Yeah. You gotta have But other than little... that, I'm totally keto. And so that's it. So I'm doing the uh, seltzer waters. Um, I've got some white gold. So are you not drinking any alcohol tonight? Oh, I'm drinking. Oh, okay, good. I'm just yeah. kind of slowing down. Uh, and then, yeah, I don't have cigarettes tonight. All right, man. Go get them. Yeah. Very nice. Very healthy. God, <laughs> what'd you bring? Um, I decided to switch it up. Oh, I'm cool. really uh, moving into a different wheelhouse tonight. I brought Founders All Day IPA. <laughs> Always crisp. Hold on. Always crisp. Always refreshing. It's different this time. <laughs> 
founders, get your shit on the fucking ball. We need some sponsorship. Yeah, right. Exactly. We need we need a new laptop like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I'm gonna be really bad. excited when Josh hits end at the end of this episode and it actually records. <laughs> yeah, the this reason... this laptop has like cobwebs in the corners and it's got like bolts falling out of no, it. No, Josh, that's a cracked screen. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, I want people to know that the reason we already seem like we're kind of <coughs> drunk when the episode starts is because we had to spend the last 25 minutes drinking while waiting for the laptop to boot, yeah, okay? So, right. yeah. um, and I brought Sky Vodka to go into my, once again, Moscow Mules, just decided to change up the vodka this time. Still got the uh, the Gosling's ginger beer, some lime, but I fucking love these things, man. Vodka mixed with anything is my, my come everywhere on my research juice. So I Danny, fucking love it. If you want to stay in the same vein, but switch it up for next week, do a uh, Gosling's Dark and Stormy. So it's Gosling's ginger beer. I, I saw the dark and stormy. It was next to it. Dark rum. Dark rum, yeah. And a little bit of simple syrup with, uh, and you can garnish with a lime if that's your thing. And what's that called? Dark and stormy. Oh, that's called a dark and stormy. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, because you pour the dark rum into the ginger <coughs> beer, and it looks like clouds rolling in. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay, I definitely... You, you pour it down the side of the glass, and it like storms into the glass. Please make sure you remind me of that. Please make sure you remind <laughs> me of that next time. All right, so let's fucking get into it. Now, if you are a long-time listener, you've been with us through the heavy research episodes. You've heard about the dickhead dictators, okay? You were with us for the crazy cults. You listened to us make fun of people in third-world countries, and you even got to hear us chuckle, chuckle hardy to people dying of smallpox. But that tonight, was fun. It was. <laughs> tonight, we've decided to tap into... Man's greatest invention, war. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did we do that, but we decided to pick the Great War. The Great War, that's oh, yeah. right. World War One, my friends, also referred to as the Great War. Figure we kick it off with the Great War. This also, is going to be three parts, my friends, so get the fuck ready for some action. All and right? you might as well let them know how it's going to be set up. Yeah, well. let them know how it's going to go down. So yours truly will be doing the beginning of the war. I'm going to cover the first year from the day that the whole fucking thing started up into... An event that led America into getting involved. But this is why America got involved, the last event that I talk about no, tonight. It's, not. it's one of the key reasons. Yes, it is. It's one of the reasons they got involved. Yeah. They didn't get involved until a full year later. They didn't wow, come wow, in. Wow, four minutes war. in, he's already correcting me, the <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> no, if you're going to make me do a research episode, you better be on point with your well, fucking research. Or I'm going to call you on set it. boots on the ground until a year later. A year and a half later. They, were, they began really funding the war. Yeah, because they've been funding the war through Britain the whole time. But it That's wasn't why just, the Germans were sinking their ships. It wasn't just the USA that this last event I'll talk about later pissed off. It actually. It, it turned international favor against Germany. Oh, yeah. So, let's get ahead and let's get into World War One, the Great War. I'll part get us one. kicked off, my friends. Part one, World here we War go. World War I, part one. It's so, gonna be a bloodbath. Yeah, now, first I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna give you a quick little list of the key players, and you'll hear where they all fall in. The Central Powers, a.k.a. the bad guys, okay? <laughs> yeah, and if you... By the way, I'm going to interrupt very early. Oh, uh, for if, sure. If you don't want to be the Look bad at me guy, surprised. you shouldn't have fucking pointy fucking helmets <laughs> and skulls on everything yeah, if you're not trying to be the bad and guy like you in the war. you shouldn't walk into someone else's country and burn their villages to the ground, you know? That's, uh, that's being the it's bad guy. It's usually not a way to win favor with people. So you I know guess know that I mean? means America is kind of the bad guy so, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Have been. So continue, Dan. So the Central Powers <clears throat> consist... Now, 
I'm going to give you the key players of each because there's a oh, bunch yeah. of countries that get involved. But the and key who cares about Guam? Right, fuck Guam. But the key Fucking players of the Central Powers was Germany, Austria, Hungary, and Turkey. Okay, those were the big guys. All right, um, and this was still around the time of the Ottoman Empire too. You know. Full of furniture for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyone know? There's it it actually a joke some other Sometimes they says. come with lids that you can you know, <laughs> store stuff in them. And then there's the Allies. France, Great Britain, Russia, Italy, <coughs> Japan, uh-huh. and well, eventually so later USA. Italy and later Japan. USA. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And Japan and later, later Japan. Which is funny to see some of these powers that shift later on the World War II. I mean... If you pick the right side the first time, you think the second time you'd go with the same the same winner. Well, no, it was the same no, both man. times. Italy started as a um, central. Uh, these what are they? The central power it. alliance. Yes, I'll get into that. Yeah, I and they that not, Mussolini and Hitler were tight. Like they from, were from the start. <laughs> yeah. No, no. This in this war, World War One. Yeah. In this war, Italy should have been part of the central powers, yeah, but they, they went against their. With, uh, they did Austria Hungary. Yep, uh, but they went against their triple alliance, as it was called. Anyway, so let's get this fucker started. So those are the key players, central powers, and the allies. But how did it? How did the Great War start? How did this all this bloodshed and horror of trench warfare for years and naval battles? How did it all begin? Through a triple fuck up because of one guy getting shot, because yep. of one guy, one guy getting shot getting by some fucking... faggot actor. Yup. So <laughs> after he didn't blow up his car, yeah. Right? <laughs> Let's get the whole story. And that, I hear, a, a I hear that he was a terrible shot too. <coughs> yes. And after lots of practice, he was still a horrible shot. Yes, pretty much just had to unload the entire <coughs> clip. Just and to get somehow the wound up. Killing two people with two gunshots when it really came to, yep. to matter. <laughs> so, Crazy. On June 28th of 1914, that's a long-ass motherfucking time ago. That's, yeah, that's 105 years ago. years ago. So June 28th, 1914, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie were assassinated. Terrible now, band. Yeah, right? Myself. Not the, yeah. I love so, myself. Now, first off, here's why, here's why the assassination happened, okay? Franz Ferdinand was the Archduke of Austria-Hungary, okay? And <coughs> he went to Bosnia, Her- uh, I hate fucking trying to pronounce this, Herzegovina. It was Bosnia slash Herzegovina, okay? Um, and they had annexed this territory. And Serbia was pissed off. They thought that this territory should belong to them, okay? Yep. Serbia, which is right next to fucking the so, Bosnia area. Well, Herzegovina, right? Is yes. that where all the Herzegovinis live? Yes, it is. I Her- wish that Her- I were a Herzegovini. Herzegovinites. Herzegovinites. Instead, I'm just a fucking New Jersey <laughs> ass. <laughs> right. Um, the other reason that the Bolivians were pissed is because they just got their ass handed to them in the previous war that they had just had. I forget the name of it, but they had just been yeah. in a war like five years prior and lost a fuckload of territory. They lost like 20% of their border. Yeah, I didn't go too far back to before the war because you realize the whole fucking world was just in a bad mood. Like, yeah. the whole world was just in a bad fucking yeah, mood, dude. So they it's, were ready for it. This was yeah, a long was time brilliant. coming. It was. It really was. Uh, and probably, and you know what fuels these kind of things is the industrial revolution happening in the, in the 1800s. Oh, yeah. This now creates all kinds of trade problems where it benefits countries in so many ways. It now creates more reasons to be pissed off at each other. Yep, you're you know more I mean? worried in your country's 
financial and foreign interests. Yes, which wasn't a thing before. I mean, it, before it was before it was send a raven. I know you're still making jokes. I get it. All right, we'll talk politics no, tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, so he this w- war was politics. <coughs> it was that the the whole assassination thing that you're about to get into was just the the thing that they used to start the war. The whole thing had been brewing for years. Yeah, which you can tell by the massive stockpile of weapons that all these countries already had I know. the war started. Everyone had so many weapons. Yeah. Everyone was just like ready to roll. They were just making machine gun guns after machine gun. And rifles and grenades. You gotta use it. Yep. Why <laughs> spend all that money and waste all that time if you're never gonna use well, it? Well, it's true. Okay. When you get all those Christmas <laughs> gifts, do you not play with them? Nope. Yeah. You fucking dive right in. Go play with our toys in the sand. Play with our toys in the sand. <laughs> And everyone's well, a nod. Until later, once we get into the Ottoman yeah. Empire, yeah, but and everyone Africa. a nod to Carlin. Yeah. Mm. 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 Pour All one right. out for one's homies. Yep. Here. There we go. All right. All right. <laughs> He's the only man I'll waste a drink like that on. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the Archduke of Austria-Hungary, was assassinated, uh, and here's why he was assassinated. He was in Bosnia Herzegovina to do a weapon inspection, okay? To make sure that the arms they had were up to their standards and followed their code and guidelines and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, he was going to, like, go watch them perform military drills yep. and shit. He was going to do a full inspection on and them. And announced where he was going to be and when he was going to be there in the newspaper. Super yep. smart. Yeah. Let's go Very. into a country that's not a huge fan of mine. Yep, and that's the thing. But it wasn't even this country that was, like, it was no one from this country that did the deed. Serbia, right next door like I said, was really pissed off about the fact that they didn't get this territory of Bosnia-Herzegovina, okay? So, there was a nationalist group. For those of you who don't know what nationalists are, they're pretty much extremists, okay? They believe in the betterment of their country. Their own through country. Through things that yeah. aren't really good for the country, though, okay? Yeah, through terrorism and killing right. and hatred. Right, yeah. Nationalists, not a good <laughs> thing, all right? And by this point, um, already by 1914, this nationalist group called the Black Hand had 2,500 members, okay? But it was only three men, three men sent to do the actual deed itself. 2,500 okay? members. Yes, 2,500 members could by... could really fuck up the local bake sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are 2,500 dudes with guns just crashed the school bake sale. A lot, of dead kids. Into town. a lot of dead kids. A lot of dead kids. A lot of ruined cupcakes. Yeah. No one wins. Yeah. You know I mean, no one Except fucking wins. Except for the Serbian soldiers. Yeah. They get to kill children and eat cupcakes. So what. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So what, what really pisses me off about this whole thing is the age of the guy who pulled the trigger. Uh, Gavrilo Princip was fucking 19. Now you know why everyone hates kids. You know what I mean? That's why fucking teenagers. Well, this well, is why. In 1914, in that was yeah. middle age. Yeah, 19. <laughs> true. Right. 19's the new 30. That's not true. No, no, no. Yeah, well, this isn't like fucking Roman times, dude. 19, he'd lived a full life. You no, know? in in the time of World War One, you'd be pretty well off if you lived to 60. I heard yeah. stories about uh, when the Germans were occupying France, back behind you know the Occupy line where the trenches were, the German-controlled area of France, they would bring people out of their houses and, like, strip all the shit from their house and, like, steal whatever they wanted and shit. There was a 92-year-old man that asked to be left in bed, and they, you know, they forced him to walk outside of his own steam because they said that fresh air is good for the dying. 
Wow. Right? Wow. Right? He, he asked them, can I please stay in bed? But he was 92, you know, so okay. 19. Fresh air is good for the dying. He was hella old. Yeah, he was old. I think I'm just going to write down an episode title, Fresh Air is Good for the Dying. <laughs> Bring, out like your day. Bring out your dead. I don't want to go on the car. <laughs> I feel happy. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> so, 19-year-old... Nineteen-year-old Gavrilo Princep was the guy who actually, of the three, there was three total members. He's the one who pulled the trigger, and not only did he kill the Archduke, killed his wife as well. Okay, which I guess they get to go to hell together. That's great. So anyway, now he used a pistol, and you guys probably know how to read the letters and numbers correctly. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's an FN M1910. That's actually the name of the game, uh, the pistol. 380 ACP. In other words, an automatic Colt pistol. That the gun used to kill... A Colt? Yeah. A used... revolver? No. This is... It's called an automatic Colt pistol, but it's not a revolver. It has a... It was, it yeah. has a it was in yes, the style of Colt. Yeah, it was in the style of Colt. Exactly. I know what that means. So, <laughs> now, here's the thing. What sucks about this whole thing is that even though it was Serbian nationalists that did this, the leader of Serbia, the Prime Minister, Nikola Pasic, he actually heard the rumor about the three men and ordered their arrest. He heard what they were plotting to do, and he ordered their arrest, but the orders was not implemented in time. So, it could have been... 9-11. <laughs> uh, sorry, Execute order 66. <laughs> 666. But, but that's what sucks, is that, like... Ah, uh, fresh can of peaches. Very nice. But that's, like... That's so fucking beat. Like, the, the country the assholes came from that assassinated this dude, they were like, no, stop them before... <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Well, did you hear that Ruh-roh. at first, they, they were set up at three different places around the village, right? So at first, the one guy threw a bomb at the car. At the car. And it bounced, bounced off the car and exploded behind it and killed two guards and, like, a couple of people that were standing on the road watching him go by. Well, fuck them. They were in the way. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, <laughs> they tried once and they failed. Failed. Miserably. Right. And then Gavrilo Princep just had the ultimate moment of of everything coming together at once. And like he's going to buy a sandwich or something. And he looks up and there's Archduke Ferdinand in his fucking car, like yep. right in front of him. And yep. he just walked up to the front of the car and lit it up. And I guess JFK didn't learn from this, you know? Nah. Well, well. <laughs> I guess the assassin learned from it because yes. he chose the book depository. <laughs> so they were ordered Mr. to be Lee Harvey. They were ordered to be stopped, but it didn't happen in time. Now, within a month, I don't know why the fuck it took a month, but within a month of the assassination, Austria-Hungary demanded the Serbian <coughs> government arrest the leader of the Black Hand. Okay, but of course, nationalist groups. Not that easy to hunt down. They're sneaky. They're clever. You know, obviously they operate under an incognito all the time. So, didn't happen. And immediately, a day after that, they were ordered to arrest the leader of the Black Hand. Serbia realizes what could go down because Serbia knew about the Triple Alliance. They knew that Germany would have their back. They knew that Italy was supposed to have their back. Mm-hmm. So they enlisted Russia for help almost immediately. Asked Russia if they would back them. So. That's how everyone else gets dragged into the war. Is because the big player, Russia, who was an ally at this point... Who was also an ally to France. Who was, yeah, who was also an ally... Right. That's and then France, France has other allies. And before you know it... And this is how the dominoes happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. One dude gets shot. 
two countries are pissed off, and they all call their schoolyard buddies to come help them. And that's how you end up with a great fucking In my episode, I refer to the me. same thing. I refer to it as a fucking schoolyard bullshit. Yep, like, that's exactly yeah, what it is. And much. you find that they start declaring war on each other just because the other one did. Yeah. Well, I'll declare war on you too. Nah, nah. Yeah. Neener, neener, neener. Like, and you're Germany, like, fuck? Germany declares, or was it Austria? Austria-Hungary declares war on Serbia. I've got it here. Don't worry. I've got the whole I've got the whole list of who declared Russia war. starts to mobilize and then Germany declares war on Russia yep. and then immediately on France even though France had nothing so, to fucking do with it. Don't steal all my research. <laughs> so Serbia asks Russia for help in the event of war. Okay? So like the war hasn't started yet but like they fucking know it's coming. Well, within 4 days of Serbia reaching out to Russia, Austria-Hungary declares war on Serbia on July 28th. One month after the Archduke was assassinated, finally war is declared, and now the Great War really begins. Okay, Russia mobilizes forces to help Serbia, and that's all along the German border is where they mobilize their forces because Austria, Hungary, and Germany touch. So when Russia mobilizes its forces, they're all along both borders. Yeah, they both touch Russia. Too. Right, they're all right there. They're all right there. So obviously this is going to piss off <laughs> Germany now. Okay, so Germany's already pissed. Throughout August, a lot of shit happens in August of 1914, dude. A lot of shit happened within this yeah. next month. Just uh, you're, I you see you. from I the, you. the behavior of the German soldiers that Germany is pissed about something. Yeah, but deep down, they hate other people. And through my research, to be honest with you, even though I didn't reach too too far back, I can't find the reason why Germany's so pissed off. I mean, I can't, like, find... I don't know what it is in their history they that has them gotten, so mad at everyone. They hadn't gotten in a major war since Napoleon. It yeah. Like 40 years earlier or right. something. They had nothing to be pissed off about. I, I don't understand but, that. And before that, the last know. time Germany was involved in a major war was when the Germanic tribes were conquered by the Roman Empire. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, so For I don't know... For some reason, it's crazy. When you give a man a gun, he just, like, changes... You know, and becomes this person capable of killing women and children and hanging their bodies on crosses. Dude, that's and, so it's the same thing happens and, when you give a guy a hard dick. You know what I mean? <coughs> something has to break. Yeah, you something I mean? changes in there and now he wants dick all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, here's what happens throughout August now of 1914. So, the war has begun, alright? War is officially declared. Let's get it rolling. Now, after the Russian forces mobilize, boom, Germany declares war on Russia. Okay? That's August 1st. August 2nd, Italy announces its neutrality and it will not honor its triple alliance, which was put in place in 1892. It's supposed to be Germany, Austria-Hungary, and Italy. Italy came out and said, look, we're staying neutral. We just want to sit here and drink wine and eat fucking pasta like we're not doing shit. Yeah, before we get past that, do you know why? Why they declare neutrality? They, what I heard is that they declared neutrality, but they said they would only, they would only help in terms of a defensive way. They there wouldn't send go. any kind of offensive. They would help they as would a defense. join yeah, a because, offensive war. Yes, because Italy not. doesn't give a fuck that somebody, some douchebag in Serbia murdered this guy who was heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary. Right. Yeah. Nobody cares in Italy. They just want to keep eating their pasta and drinking their wine. They, absolutely. They, you know what they do over there? They eat pasta and they fuck. Yeah. And God oh, bless them. A lot. God bless them too, because there are some voluptuous Italian women. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And those are God's ear. So all I would, it. I'd stay fucking neutral too, to be honest with you. Like the countries that stay neutral, they're the smart ones. 
why get involved unless you have the big dick brought out like America does? Like Sweden, America always swings the big dick. Sweden is great, you know. <laughs> I don't like that America is always friend. swinging our big dick. No, I, think I don't. We like should it keep our big dick to ourselves. So now, after Italy announces neutrality a day later, Germany now declares war on France. Just declares war on France, just because France is allies with Russia. So they're just like, well, I'll declare war. Now this, <coughs> you see the like. Here's the one thing I'll give Germany. Not just in World War One, but in World War Two, Germany always had a pair of balls. Uh, yeah, they did. Oh yeah. Just like you know, here they you are. Declare war bang. on a country that is probably nine times, ten times the size of your own in Russia. Right. And then at least you know, <laughs> the and USSR. Then you also declare war on the opposite side of your country. Right. On another country that's bigger than your country. And this is where Germany didn't think it through because <clears throat> they they have a few miscues in a key battle. And they rushed to get things done because they didn't. It's stupid that they declared war on these two countries, one to the east of them and one to the west. But Germany didn't want to fight a war on two fronts. So they started rushing is. things with France. They didn't want to fight a war on two fronts, but yet they declared war on both fronts. Like yep, fucking yeah. idiots. They weren't even, they were so stupid. They weren't even thinking about it. Really They dumb. were thinking that Russia wouldn't get involved and that they would be able to just go and conquer France. And nobody else would get involved. Right. And it would just be, you know, hunky-dory. Great Britain wasn't ready to jump in the war as soon as Germany declared war on France. Yeah, no, they didn't it, give a shit. No, they, they did give somewhat of a shit. They issued a warning to Germany. They didn't really care that they declared war on France, but they did tell Germany, they warned them, they said that if you march your ass into Belgium, for those of you who don't know geography, Belgium is in between Germany and France. They said Belgium you, is directly north of France. Right, it, but it touches Germany. Germany. Has it's a, like a buffer. Germany has a great big border with France. They do, but then there's that part, that buffer Instead part. Instead of doing that, they wanted to go through, through Belgium, Belgium and, right? You know, take Paris. And Britain said, if you fucking march through Belgium, who's neutral? We're declaring war on you. Yeah. So God. the next day, August fourth, Germany marches into Belgium, <laughs> and Great War and Great Britain declares war. On fucking Germany. And now, here, that was Germany's biggest mistake of the war, because not only did Great Britain have the largest navy in the world that was stronger than any other country by ten. Yes, and everyone knows about Great Britain's <coughs> navy. Fucking... The, it, the fleet that's what they ruled do. the seven seas. Yeah, all yep. day. So, not only that, they also had begun, uh, prior to the war, building armored moving vehicles. Or right. Should we call them tanks? Artillery. I'll, I'll get more into that in my episode, but Great Britain brought a lot to the war room table. Yes, and they, they did. Fucked up big time. Yes, they off did. Big Daddy Britain. And Germany. There were some areas where Germany was really successful, but Germany also struggled in a lot of ways in this war too. And you find out a lot of the things they did wrong, but you also find out a lot of things they did that was like, oh goddamn! Thank God I didn't fight against the fucking Germans in yeah. World War One because they yeah. were sick bastards. All right, so... The villainous Hun. So far to sum up, a guy gets hey. shot, war is declared between a few different countries. Okay, so now Serbia's in the mix, Austria-Hungary, Germany, France, Great Britain, and Russia, Italy has stayed neutral, are all in the fucking mix, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, August 5th through 12th, <laughs> here's a few other things that happen. Austria then declares war... Now, Austria-Hungary declares war on Russia. Germany already did, now Austria-Hungary joins in too and declares war. France and Britain both declare war on Austria-Hungary. British <clears throat> British sent troops to aid France. 
because of the marching through Belgium. Okay, so British now the British now sent forces to aid France because they Germany's gonna fucking come through that buffer and try and fuck them up. All right, so now we come to. Before I get to the first battle of Marne and all that, we're gonna we're gonna go somewhere else. We're gonna go over to the before I do the Western Front, we're gonna jump over to the Eastern Front, okay? Because right. these two battles happened in similar time, not the exact same time, but Tannenberg and the first battle of Marne were happening around the same time. Fuck Tannenberg me. was on the Eastern Front against Russia. First battle of Marne was on the Western Front, Germany and France and Great Britain. Okay, we need to get into details about fucking blood and gore and bodies. Dude. So we're getting into Tannenberg now. Okay, so. Tannenberg. This is when Russia marched into Prussia, <laughs> which is a part of Germany. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Russia marched into Prussia. Now they're the, the Prussian Russians. <laughs> here's here's what fucking. Oh, by the way, list of weapons I'm used. The Battle of Tannenberg had flamethrowers, machine guns, rifles, and hand grenades were all key weapons in the Battle of Tannenberg. So people fucked up in a lot of different ways. Gas wasn't that prevalent yet. I'll only be talking a little bit about the use of gas. It gets used big time a lot later, probably in yeah, pots. I'll, I'll be covering yeah. uh, the different kinds of gas, yep. how it was deployed, Dude. when, what treaties it broke, who did it. The I, gas, got, I got the some bombs. Facts. I think the one thing that is the most fucked up about World War One is the introduction of the machine gun. Yes. You just hold sweep, a trigger. Yep. You sweep fields full of lead and bodies drop out of those fields and start to pile on the ground. Like, it's especially because crazy. a lot of them were shooting like uh, uh, they had 50 cal machine guns they had 30-06 machine guns Can like, you imagine these, that shit? They're these, shooting rifle rounds in a machine gun. Yeah. Well, bum 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 um, Just real quick about the machine gun uh, one of the things that really stopped it from being a massive force in the war. I mean, it totally turned the tide of war, which caused trans warfare, <coughs> but uh, the machine gun should have been about 60 pounds lighter to be field usable. Oh, yeah, so it was it, fucking... It was machine guns in World War One were a four-man operation. Yeah, I mean, all the... I believe that. All the weapons, are, all okay, the weapons back then are unreliable, bulky... Slow, don't shoot the right range. Than a like, fucking musket. The bolt actions were good. So you had the Musnagant over in Russia. I'm getting, <coughs> I'm getting into my material. Yeah. Continue. That's the okay. M14. We'll get there. The grand. We'll get there in episode two. Right, so now here's a cool. Here's that's M1 Grand, and it's World War Two. That's here's World a, War Two. Fuck. Here's an interesting thing about Tannenberg that fucked over something so simple, but it's amazing. I, I, when I read this little fact, I was like, shit. Like when you're someone who's planning war, like. These are the kind of things you have to think about, and you like I wouldn't have thought of this, but Russia suffers in the what's up? I'm just staying warm. Oh, okay, <laughs> gotcha. Russia made a mistake by not finding out ahead of time that the railroad track gauges are different. They're a different size between Russia and Prussia. Oh, Jesus. Which means they couldn't get their supplies over. I didn't hear about this. The that's track, great. Yeah, that's cool. Whoop. The track I guess we're different. fucking stuck, uh. boss. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't get food. Can't get water. Can't get, get guns. Wet. Can't get guns. Let's just turn back. <laughs> I think I'll go home now. <laughs> <laughs> so Russia oh, used this to their advantage, and they used their own railway system, knowing that the Russians couldn't use them, and the Germans used this to surround the Russian forces. And some pretty astounding numbers... 
92,000 prisoners taken. 92,000. That's crazy. 92, That's almost 100,000 people. Take, taken prisoner. Because there's no leadership, they can't organize and just form a massive revolt and fight back against these Russians. They actually get taken prisoner yep. and are marched miles and miles and miles in a giant line of 92,000 people. And so, and now think about, okay, when it comes to war now, obviously dead means you're out of the game, but prisoner means you're out of the game too. Yeah, I mean, yep. missing in action doesn't necessarily mean you're out of the game because even though you're missing to your people, you could still <coughs> be out there in the jungle somewhere fucking, you know, killing the yeah. bad guys. Yeah. So, yeah. but prisoner and dead means you're out of the yeah. game. And you know they're not treating the prisoners with the utmost respect and right. dignity, you know. So here this is one battle, one battle, and it's about 200,000 people out of the game because you have 92,000 Russians imprisoned, 50,000 Russians killed... Okay, and then another third. Only Germany only lost thirteen thousand men, compared to fifty thousand dead in and, Tannenberg. In Tannenberg, Germany. Germany only, won in Tannenberg. Germany only lost thirteen thousand. They wow. defeated Russia's first or no, Russia's second army. That's this still is a big yeah, ass that was pile Russia's of second army. Russia's second army. They defeated in Tannenberg. But yeah, dude. So think about that. One <laughs> battle. This is just Tannenberg over on the east. One of the first fucking battles that happened in this four-year-long fucking war, and we've already got 150,000 motherfuckers out of the game. 50K dead. That's fucked up. That's, that's one battle. That's almost all of what America lost in Vietnam. Right. In, in the years and years, seven, eight years of Vietnam, however long that shit lasted. 52,000 or 53,000 dead. Yeah, Americans. no. Oh, I thought it was way more. No, than dead that, Americans. Like we were in the fifty thousands, which yeah. is still crazy when you compare that to you know that's like twenty five or thirty nine elevens. Well, I mean, uh, uh, well, <laughs> wait, wait for that. Um, I in I didn't cover them in mine, but later in the war, there's battles in single battles where there are hundreds of thousands of casualties. Yep. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Single the world wars were battle. way worse than Vietnam. Vietnam oh, yeah. was way more like small World War One, dude, was hardcore. Hardcore. So one of the smartest things I heard while doing my research was, um, because uh, I'll be also talking about the technological advances. Right, right. Episode. They rode into World War One on horses and drove home in tanks. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. what happened in those in four years. Four years. Because as soon as a war starts, now they all got all the resources all for the country. And go not, towards the war effort. Right, which includes scientific Scientists. research. Yep. So they're like, well, how can we fuck the enemy up? And they're just like in their labs with their shit. They're mixing things and they're b fucking with things and they're like putting on goggles and fucking. That blew up that pig way better than the, the last other, pig we blew up. Yuck, <laughs> Let's mark mix that, more of that shit. Mark in. that down, Eisenberg. And this is big fucking nose Jew is just sitting there check marking shit. Like, because we're all scientists and Jews. Was Potassium chloride in. In, in, or is it chlorate? Potassium chlorate, in. In. World War One was the first war that was both a war of science and industry. Yes. This, well you... Both of those. It was the first time a war had fully gone industrial. Even though if you read a full article on any one battle, you will snooze yourself to death. Because all the details are fucking boring as shit. But, when you do pick out some of these key things, I'll tell you man. Wars are interesting as shit, and these, the two world wars, this is why people don't want to see a fucking the third. Second world Imagine war, the third. The second world war really needed to be fought. The first world war probably didn't, didn't and started yeah. on almost complete bullshit. Yep. 
And it was a boundary war. And a resource. It war. should have stayed between Austria and Serbia. Those two groups <coughs> just fucking killed each other and it would have been done. Yep. You know it what I mean? Been done. And that's why and Austria that's why would have murdered and that's Serbia. actually why alliances and treaties aren't always the greatest thing. If yeah. every country just worried about themselves, yeah. you wouldn't really break into World you're, War, would you? You're right. Yep. The whole reason why they're there is so that there is no war. True. It's it's kinda like a <laughs> it's just everyone in a circle. Every country in this yep. circle, with their arm extended each way, with That's a gun exactly to the head of the next the nation, and all everyone's just looking in the circle for years, just like, who's gonna do it? And usually it's Kim Jong Un who's over there, like, I'm ready, I'm <laughs> practicing, <laughs> bang bang, I'm up, <laughs> up, I shot in the air, I shot in the air, but I didn't shoot one of them. Splashed down in the ocean. Ha, I'm still ha, fine. Ha, ha, you didn't attack me. I didn't touch you. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ba, ba, my bird went in the water and went splash. <laughs> splash. 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 Nowadays. <laughs> Whew, all right. Shit. So that was ta so Tannenberg, Russia fucking lost to Germany, which Russia pays Germany back in World War Two for that, we find out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Germany doesn't do too well against Russia in World War Two. So doesn't, doesn't do too good against Russia in World War One. They don't really seem to ever do good in the wars. They yeah, seem to well, lose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but they always do really well at the beginning. They well, do. They are ready. Yeah. World War Two. They You're ready of your fucking amped. <laughs> World War Two. They find out that Russia is really cold. Yeah. <laughs> World War One. They found out it was really cold. Yeah. Their fucking guests didn't. Yeah. Even well, they didn't learn there. shit. You know. <laughs> you don't learn from history. You're doomed to repeat it. They repeat it. Yes, they do. So now I'm going to get into around the same time, the end of August into sep early September. Tannenberg was happening in the east. The first battle of first battle of the Marne. Okay, and the Marne is a river in France. Okay, so what's this battle all about? Well, the Germans were trying to get, they didn't want to have to fight the war on two fronts. So they thought that France would be an easy target. I don't know why. I couldn't find that in my research, why they thought France would be so easy to run over. They knew Britain was allies with them, and by this time Britain already declared war on them. But for some reason they thought they could fucking, it's that German big nuts arrogance again, well, man. Wait. They did, and in the first battle, they gained like 600 kilometers of ground, they did. which they is were... like one of the largest gains in the war. Let me, right, but they didn't win this one. They don't the win battle the battle of the Marne. The first one, oh, they no, don't they win. Get fucked up. They do start off great, and that's because they had all that. Because Tannenberg did happen first, around the same time, but Tannenberg was finishing <coughs> up. Okay. So they had all this confidence, they had all this morale, because like, yeah, we fucked up Russia's second army. They thought they were big nuts. So they marched right through Belgium, and they were trying to fucking rush right on the they Paris. They didn't okay? march right through Belgium. Well, they well, were... The yeah. Belgian army Belgian put, up put up a, a really good spirited resistance. Yes, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> spirited, right. Tiny yeah. and adorable, and they and did their goddamnedest. It yeah. gave the French a whole lot of time to prepare, because they knew that Belgium was battling right now. So that's where the German army is coming down. Right. So they had a bunch of time to get all their shit ready. Yeah, they, they and were ready to go in. north. So... Total numbers in terms of how many people fought. I'm not at deaths yet. 
But there was 1.4 million German soldiers that fought in the First Battle of Marne and 1 million combined of French and British. Okay, so 2.5 million people almost between the two sides fought oh, in this shit. one battle. And I'm sorry, <coughs> uh, they did encounter problems with France. It's when they finally start fucking with Italy that they're just like, knock, knock, knock. And Italy's like, who's there? <laughs> and they're like, boom! And just kick the fucking door in. Yeah. Right well, in their face. Well, because Italy wasn't really prepared. Italy was like, we're neutral. Now we're on this side, but we're not really doing anything anyway. Like, yeah. Italy didn't really contribute And Germany's much. like, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> so, to continue with the first battle of the Marne. So, um, it was the first major battle, on the, not the first battle, but the first major battle to happen on the Western Front. This is the first one that kicks off, like, on this side of the, of the continent, we're in fucking war now. All right. Um, France was retreating from Belgium, okay? And Germany had... What the fuck did I write here? Two what? Two waves. I, I fucking suck. <laughs> Germany had two waves headed toward Paris, okay? Yeah. But there was obviously a big gap between these two waves of armies, all right? Yeah, so they split. They split, and this created a communication problem between them because the France... France, like, fucking... What's the word I'm looking for? Flanked. Flanked. flanked Why can't yeah. I think of flanked? And flanked also the first what army. I heard is that the British, like a section of the British army arrived at this time. Small little, like, you know, force of the British army. Yes, the BEF. They drove the British right down the center of the two gaps of Germans. So they had well, they French army on the them. side and in front. <laughs> French army on the side and in front and on the, the other British side. And the British went right the, through the middle. The BEF, the British Expedited... Exped- Expeditionary, yes, yes, the forces. Force. A BEF. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. The expeditionary. I, they had I like, researched. That. They had like fifty <laughs> tanks with them. Yep. Yeah. So, and the, d- dude, in the beginning of the war, Germany was like, uh, you know, it's super unmanly to be out on the battlefield in a metal box. Right. And Britain's like, yeah, not manly. Cool, yeah. you're yeah. all dead. Whole you're all bunch safer in here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's warm in here too. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit my, too warm. Not only are you dead, but my tootsies are warm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Especially when you blow me up and I'm on fire. So when they separate the two German armies, obviously this created a communication problem. This is one of the things that fucked up Germany real bad, was this splitting of the two different armies, okay? So, Germ- um, wait, where the hell am I at again? Sorry, I keep fucking going all over the place. Um, German yes. army split. Two, million to- uh, two and a half million total fought in the battle, like I said, okay? 100,000 deaths, 100,000 deaths, 250,000 injuries on the Allies, okay? Germany had 80,000 deaths and 19,000 were captured, okay? 220,000 injured Germans on top of that. But, like, you hear in these numbers of dead, captured, It makes you wonder, like, how do the hospitals keep up? Well, see, this is the good part of the war, because there were still places that they were turning into, like, trauma centers. They, they weren't hospitals, but they were, you know, ready to take yeah, people with trauma. Yeah, but, like, are they ready to take 200,000? Never. Never. Like, how never do you ready care for, for that many people? Yeah, tell people, people who die. Well, they don't get they don't get to the hospital a lot of Put them. pressure right. on the wound. Yeah. Next. <laughs> oh, this, sorry, saw the foot off. Like, Next. Yep. You know, like. It, wow. Yeah, I mean, when you watch, when you, I know this is World War II, but when you watch Saving Private Ryan, the medic trying, the guy next to the medic is going through the, remember they're, they're huddled down, the bullets are flying, he's uh-huh. like, this one, nope, not him, uh-uh, Goner, he's just going down the line of people who are still alive, but he's like, don't waste your time on them, yep. don't waste your time, and then he's finally trying to help someone, 
And he's like, yeah, I stopped the bleeding, I stopped the bleeding. And a bullet hits the guy in the head who's, like, on the ground. He's like, you motherfuckers, just give us a chance! Like, losing his shit. (laughs) That's how it was, dude. Winston Churchill, I believe, was the one who said, war is hell. Yeah, Winston Churchill's also the one that held a piece of paper in the air and said, I believe we found peace in our time. Yeah. Fucking idiot. (laughs) What a fucking moron, dude. (laughs) Whoops. Whoops. (laughs) I may have misspoke. (laughs) At least he wasn't the Messiah wannabe fucking Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, right. So, we talked about Woodrow Wilson recently, too. Yeah, he started the Federal Reserve. That's right. Okay, yep. And got us begrudgingly into World War I. So now, so I gave you the numbers on the Battle of the Marne. Gave you a little bit about what happened with the fucking... (laughs) Why was this... Do you guys know why this battle was so significant, though? Because this is where they stopped the German advance into France. And what did Germany do? They dug in. This is the beginning of trench trench warfare. warfare. This battle, Germany's like, well, we're not going the way home, so we'll just dig. And and we'll fucking hang out here. Like I said before, everything behind the German line of trenches, all those towns and cities and shit, fucked. And the second Battle of the Marne didn't happen until pretty much the end of the war. So they now dug in for four fucking years and Can you trench imagine warfare began. Living Thousands in of a, people a day were dying. Dying. Can you imagine living in a trench infection and the in dirty the ground for years where with, you're always wet with, with millions dead of other bodies men. around you. Yeah. Just dead bodies hanging out. Like I was hearing about a guy who was just like eating a bowl of soup next to a corpse that was like, you know, starting to decompose. And he was just eating his soup. He's just sitting in the mud. How sitting do you in the eat? Mud, How do you freezing eat cold, soup? eat your soup. There's a guy next to you with flies crawling through his nostrils and shit. And you're just like, trench warfare. And you wonder why fucked. people come home like shaking and shit. Like, yeah. Unable I, to in my episode, themselves. I covered a bunch of really cool trench warfare weapons. So we'll Good. get to that. Good. All right. Because those hey, were dude. fucking amazing. Dude. Now, th- it's terrifying, man. It's Can you imagine? Amazing. Well, Can you imagine if that was your life? I think about the conditions of trench warfare, and it remind you of some of our shithole countries. That's almost exactly <laughs> it. It reminds you of, of living in just you're in fucking. You may as well. It's like you're a prisoner in your own army. Yeah, there you are on the slow. on your you're on your fucking team. You haven't been captured, so there you are, not a prisoner, but yet you're sitting in your own shit and pissing everyone's shit, pissing in mud in a hole with bullets whizzing, dead bodies next to you, and you're just gonna stay there. Just gonna stay there until either you kill enough people or they kill you. And even after you kill enough people, they might still kill you, so yep. you still don't get to go yep. the fuck home. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Trench warfare to me is what because I think people dismiss when you're growing up and you learn about the world wars, World War Two, World War One. World War One always gets cast aside like it, it wasn't does. a big deal. And it it's was a not not deal. a big deal. It was Trench so it warfare. went into the Middle East. It went way down into, into South Africa, Africa yep. and Western Africa. It was all over the world. It really was the Great War. So here's the thing. This is when they termed the War of Attrition. Did you hear that term? While you I've heard that research? term before, War of Attrition. All right, so I've got the definition of everything. Have you heard of it? I have heard that term. Do you know what it means? No. Well, right, I, so I know what an attrition is. So it's almost like you're, you're going to war to... Like cleanse something or make up for your no. sins or some shit like that. No, so that's a war contrition. Oh, all right. So the war I of... sound like a total douchebag. No, man. because <laughs> I don't know what the war of attrition is. Oh, okay. So once the uh, trench warfare started, and what happened was they dug that trench from the top of France all the way down through Belgium, 
right? No. No, through Paris, you mean. Down it to Paris. Was, no, no, no. It was all straight through Through Belgium down to the bottom of France. Yeah. And they dug trench lines Up all the way the across. the Swedish border. Then they started using trench warfare on the other fronts where they weren't making good progress, and it just became a trench war. Right. And that's when they dubbed it the War of Attrition, and basically what it was is the powers that be were sitting around, and they said... Well, there's no way that we can just outright beat them. We need to <coughs> outlast them. We need to have more yep. bodies to throw into the machine until people, their machine breaks. In trench warfare, people fight and die for seven yards. Yeah. I know. So, But that's what the war of attrition was. It's not that we need to win. It's that we need to outlast, outlast them yeah. with resources. And the resources were people. Yeah. They threw human <laughs> life into the fire for four years. And what's the to- the death toll on the World War One? Like 7.1? 7, 7. Uh, I, I, I was going to say that statistic for when Josh finished the war. Uh, um, yeah. But I think it's, it was closer to it's 10 high as fuck. We'll just say that. It's a lot of fucking people who just sat, dug around to see who... Well, I'll wait. So it was a four-year-long staring contest of death. Yeah. That's what it Certainly was. Certainly not as much as World War Two. Where in World War Two, like twenty one million Russians died. Oh yeah, just Russians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. outlandish World numbers. World War Two was outlandish insane. numbers for that many people to die on just one side. Anyway, so back to World War One. Um, so now we've covered major battle on the Eastern Front, major battle on the Western Front. You are going to find that in my research, what I did was because I didn't want to have to research. 10,000 battles and give you guys a three-hour episode that would have put me to sleep. I picked major on the east, major on the west. Now I've got a naval battle for you, okay? This is the Battle of Heligoland. Do you want to research about this one? Yes. No. You did? Okay, gotcha. If I'm pronouncing it right, Heligoland, Heligoland, I don't know. Um, but Admiral Sir David Beatty, he sent two light cruisers and 25 destroyers to attack the German ships nearby their naval base. He decided he was going to do the little draw-out game. So he sent a good a portion... A hit-and-run. But he sent a good portion of his forces <coughs> because he you can't just send a couple ships because then they'll only send a couple ships. So he made the decision to send a shitload of ships, okay, mm-hmm. to attack nearby, all right? 25 destroyers, two light cruisers, went and attacked them. Now, the Germans responded to the attack. Okay, so they pull mostly out of their naval base. No one ever leaves their entire base unmanned, but you send a good portion of your forces away. Mm-hmm. Now they come in. So Admiral Beatty sent forward two battleships, the New Zealand and the, I think it's called the Invincible, was the name of the two ships. One was called the New Zealand, the other That's one was called the Invincible. That's a rough name to give your ship. I know. What if that shit sinks? Yeah. It's That's pretty, German it's propaganda pretty, right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, apparently that's the name of the two ships, the New Zealand and the Invincible. And three other battle cruisers. The Germ- Now, Germans lost this battle. They lost three cruisers and a destroyer. Not huge numbers because it's a naval battle, so the only people that die are the people on the ships that sink. There are a lot of people and on you, those there cruisers is, and destroyers. But you can't fit hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, <laughs> this isn't like a 50,000 one. But um, the Germans lost 712 killed. Um, 336 of them were taken prisoner. So I'm giving you those. Listen to these yeah. two numbers. This is why Germany is considered the loser of this battle. Germany lost 712 guys, died, and 336 got taken prisoner. 35 British people died and yep. 40 wounded. Like, <laughs> yeah. nothing. Under yeah. 100 total 
casualties. The navy that rules the seven Sea. seas. And Germany comes out with their little fucking potato cannon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> from what I was, from what I was dead watching. Whole fleet wiped out. Whole fleet were, wiped out. <laughs> with Germany, it's not like they have a huge naval fleet. What Germany has are these individual ships with these crazy German captains that go out <laughs> and they fuck up all these other ships. This one little boat just goes out and just fucks things up in like towns and shit. It's shelling towns from the harbor yeah. and like it just like leaves and then they can't find it because the ocean's so huge. Yep. <laughs> it's great. It they is. hide in islands and shit. I've got one uh, later for uh, later in the war where they killed fucking uh, I don't know it's like they were sinking the Germans were sinking like uh, a lot of ships every single day. Yeah, don't I know? I know. In your research, war. you're going to get into U-boats, oh, right? Oh yes. boy! Yeah, I know you. I gotta love you know being what? underwater. Yeah, okay. Everyone had submarines. Fuck you, U-boats. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here's what I'm going to say, and I know this is yeah, we're taking a little break here in the episode. I will say this: it's funny what you get to know about someone without them ever actually directly telling you. Potts never stood across from me and said, Dan. I think U-boats are really cool and interesting. But <laughs> while I was doing my research, the first time I came across U-boats, I'm like, you know who probably gets a massive hard one about this topic? Potts. I'm like, Potts probably fucking loves submarines, dude. dude. He, the German U-boats did not turn the tide of the war like they were supposed to, but man, were they awesome. Yeah. yeah they, they were really just were. hella disruptive. Except to, like, you know, pilot one of those things, you know, and, like, be underwater all the time i can imagine oh, yeah. being in a submarine all the time sucks well, dude, oh absolutely modern nuclear sub i think can go underwater for two i want to say two years at a time yeah yeah if it's nuclear it has like a almost indefinite power span until you're your power oxygen rescrubbers fucking yeah. all kinds of shit and it doesn't have to surface for a, maybe eight months maybe that's what it was but it's a hell of a long it's a long time to be fucking under the ocean under the ocean so another key point in 1914 is that now japan declares war on germany through an alliance made in 1902 with with france and with great britain and whatnot so now japan's in the fold and they've declared war on germany so the list of allies is growing great. The list of central powers doesn't really expand too much in terms of big names. The central power, like like I said, like Turkey, and there's a few other fucking um, little Middle Eastern shits that are on the central power side, but none of them to make a real difference. But the allies are pulling big names. Great Britain, France, Japan, USA. Like It's starting to get to the point now where even though there's years left of the war, you gotta be starting to piss your britches a little bit if you're in the central powers because there's a lot of people against you now. Well, you know what I mean? The oh, I didn't. Even, I didn't even say Russia either. Yes, and the Ottoman Empire fucks things up in one battle. Like there's one particular battle where the Ottoman Empire fucks the Allies up real fucking bad. Yeah, real bad to the point yeah. where the Allies couldn't even advance the beach. They've really never got much further than the beach oh, for and like two months. Yep. So. We are going to take a break from battles, though. We're going to go over to a little segment I like to call Danny T's Weapon of Choice. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> and I've chosen... Can I have another cigarette, Josh? Uh, yeah. I've chosen the flamethrower. All right? And the reason I say the flamethrower is because <laughs> Germany used this weapon... Of course it was invented the, by the Germans. It wasn't... I don't even think it was invented by the Germans. The, the use of this kind of... 
maybe the actual flamethrower, but the use of fire in this way yeah. goes back to ancient times. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, it's because Germany... deforestation and shit, too. Germany used it the most mm-hmm. of every other key player in this war. Germany were flamethrower fucking... Yeah, Germany not hadn't only found out about napalm yet. Only Germany, <laughs> but the fucking German stormtroopers were led by... Four man flamethrower teams. Yep, yep. Yeah, they would just like run in at the head of the battle, toast everything, and then fall back so that the tanks didn't get shot and erupt and nuke like ten of the fucking Germans. And flamethrowers, of course, in this time were I mean, not that they're that I mean they're better today, but they were unreliable as shit. Heavy, bulky, filled with fuel. They leaked a lot. They would explode. Flamethrower was a two-man team. It was a two-man team, okay? Wow. And they were... So it was a pain in the ass to utilize We've really come things. a long way with flamethrower technology nowadays. Yeah, Elon Musk sells a yeah. thing called can, not a flamethrower. When you can burn, like, weeds and stuff in your house, like, you, you burn the weeds in your driveway and shit with a flamethrower, a, a home flamethrower. That's great. <laughs> flamethrowers. <laughs> flamethrowers. Rob my house. Please. Dude, I do I make a flamethrower all the time. Remember we used to take lighters and an axe oh, can yeah. and, whoosh, and we would torch bugs the in the house. The spider. Den. Dude. Yes. <laughs> With the axe can. We torched the fuck out of some spiders, dude. Just. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. hills. Now, <coughs> the thing about flamethrowers, while they were a huge inconvenience, they were unreliable, they were a two-man team. In trench warfare, they were quite useful. They were you could, pure horror. Because you could use them to clear out a trench. The statistic is that due to the fear of being burned alive, most soldiers abandoned their posts and would jump on open fire, and more men died that way than from the actual fire of the flamethrower itself. Yeah. More men were like, I ain't going down that fucking what, way. What is weird is that this two-man team has to cross this 700-yard no-man's land get through all these rows of barbed wire and get up to the opposing trench in order to fill it with fire. How do you let them get all the way across with that? It's big, it's bulky. The range was only men. the range was only about 18 meters on a flamethrower at best. Yeah, you had to get the up bigger to well, the trench to fill it with fire. 45 feet. Yeah, which as is good. From but that, like here to the edge of your street. Yeah. True, but it's not a gun. Yeah, a shooting fire. It's, yeah. not, it's not a gun right. that can fucking take you out That's from, you know. That's what I'm you saying. Know. You would think that these men with the flamethrowers would just get killed as they were running across. So, of course, they were easy well, targets, okay? And the unpredictability of a flamethrower, it, it, a lot of them leaked, and they would just explode in the battle. Like, this happened to a lot of guys. Yep. Yeah. Like, flamethrowers would just leak, and of course it made you Same a target. in World War II. Because of the horrific, because of the horrific nature of the flamethrower. So imagine you're fighting against guys with flamethrowers, and you're watching what's happening to your men. Now flamethrowers, flamethrower bearers are a fucking target. You're getting shot at first. They're trying to take you out first. And also, if you were if you were wielding a flamethrower and you got caught, and you could expect no mercy. Yeah. No mercy at all because they saw what because the flamethrowers. Because you wanted to burn them to death. They saw the carnage. You, you have, see the carnage. You're like, no, fuck you, you piece of shit. You have no honor burning someone to death. You can't shoot them in the head and you like start put them out of their misery. Honor. Liquid propellant with a fucking or no, I'm sorry, nitrogen as a propellant, and then the accelerant was gelled. Yeah. So Dude, it would hit it would you and stick, stick to you, to you oh, and God. just burn. Maybe they did have napalm. Burn. And, and now, burn until it hits. So, home. I'm going to give you a fact. Who did not use flamethrowers in World War One because they hadn't developed them yet? Italy. 
France? USA. Ah. USA did not develop flamethrowers until after World War One. How about so, that? The, yeah, when and you then we developed the best goddamn flamethrowers anyone's ever seen. Except that scene in Saving Private Ryan when on the beach, the flamethrower guy's on fire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, if you have a flamethrower and you get shot in the tank, you're going to be on fire. Yep. And Josh, <laughs> only because this goes with flamethrowers, the last thing I'm going to read about flamethrowers, but, and I'm sorry this takes from the end, but it's a fact... That at the end of the war, you'll learn from Josh what the Treaty of Versailles is. But with the Treaty of Versailles, it stated that Germany was forbidden to supply its army with flamethrowers, along with several other weapons. So they were no longer... Because of the Germans' gross usage of the flamethrower, the Treaty of Versailles, they're like, nope, never again. You're done building that shit. Because of uh, other country... As, you know, after Germany started doing gas attacks... Um, the other countries were like, well, Germany did it first, so now we can do it. Yep. Uh, and they all started using gas. But because of that, Hitler fought in World War One. Hitler said at the outs- onset of the war, of World War Two, like, I will not use chemical wars warfare. Like, I will not use it. I, I, well, I saw it firsthand. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah. He was yeah. temporarily blinded by mustard gas, wasn't he? Yeah. He was hospitalized for a while yep. because in World War One. All right, so now, I know we're around the hour mark, but I hope everyone's still involved, still feeling good. I don't have a shitload left, but we're going to keep going with some World War One, the yeah. first year, okay? I'll keep on trucking. Right. The first battle of Ypres, <laughs> all right, spelled Y-P-R-E-S, okay, but pronounced Ypres. Okay. First battle. Um, this was French and British versus the Germans, of course. The Germans saw success early in this battle, and they had a... Um, they had a morale boost from defeating the Russia Second Army. Same thing with the Battle of, yeah. They, they had a morale boost here too. They were just feel what they did to Russia. They were feeling like real hot shit over because you heard them numbers: ninety-two thousand captured, fifty thousand killed, and they only lost thirteen thousand men. I know I say only, but it is only compared to the other numbers. And it's a war of attrition. It's a comparison war. So right off the bat, I'm going to give you the because here's the best part about the Battle of the Priests is the figures. So I'm going to give you the figures, okay? French army, 85,000 killed, wounded, and missing. A combination of 85,000 killed, wounded, or missing. 85,000 motherfuckers. Again, out of the game. All right? Belgian army lost 22,000 killed, wounded, or missing. The British lost... The British had 7,900 killed in action. Not a lot at all. Okay. Okay? But 30,000 wounded and Still eight... like two or three here, Here's the statistic that blows my mind. 18,000 British. MIA. One battle. 18,000 people just... I lost them. Where'd they go? 18,000 people missing. Where the fuck did you they go? Ha- I mean, I lose my car keys. How do you lose 18,000 humans? <laughs> Jesus Christ. They were fucking buried alive. <laughs> That's dude. a lot of 9-11s. Now, Germany, however, Germany had 20,000 killed in action, 84,000 wounded, and they had 31,000 missing in action. 31,000 31, missing, missing in fucking action, dude. All right? Sitting Jesus. in barrels of British acid. Either that or they're just, you know, living their lives. And yeah, just I'm went, done with this. Fuck, I'm going home. 31,000 <laughs> deserters. During, now, the reason... The Battle of Ypres by a lot of... Um, a lot of historians is considered a stalemate. Even though the Allies technically won it, um, or were winning the first battle, it really came to a standstill. They won in terms of numbers, but it came to a standstill because of the cold winter weather that started to set in on November 22nd of that year. The winter weather started to set in, put the whole thing at a standstill for months until 
April 22nd when the second Battle of Ypres took place. So now we're into April of 1915. I am going to backtrack a little bit into like February at one point, but now we're into the 1915. We've seen about six, seven months of war, okay? Full-fledged battles, sea battles, the whole nine happening. So the second battle, um, this is when the Germans just, they had just completed an artillery bombardment of the French defensive positions, okay? And what happened was typically after typically after a heavy bombardment, that's when an infantry attack is going to happen, okay? So they're waiting for an infantry to happen that would have followed the bombardment. However, the from witnesses, they account. What? Yeah, sorry, you took my fucking drink away. <laughs> no, I, 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 I made it. Oh, you he made it. He was trying oh. to give it to you. I was, to oh, I'm you a drink. I, I was just drink. You got it. And then give it back to me. Wow. It's white. Yeah. It's wow. fruity. It's but you cucumbery. use my cup. Yeah. Oh, no. What am I supposed to drink now? <laughs> I'm going to finish all that real fast. Okay. All right. So what they say is an eerie quiet. Right after the bombardment, like the bombardment was done now. Okay. And there was like this eerie quiet, they said. And the soul, the officers who were in the back, in the rear defensive positions, they were suddenly shocked to see waves of their soldiers retreating towards them in a complete panic. So this big bombardment's happened against the Pris, right? Okay. And the French officers are back here in their defensive positions while their infantry are up front. Okay. They see them start to run back, horrified, in a complete panic. Okay. They were dropping their weapons. They were jumping on horses. They were tripping over one another as they ran as fast as they possibly could. And as the soldiers were getting closer, the French officers realized that they were, they were falling down gasping for air, vomiting violently, and writhing in pain. A lot of them seizuring and just in complete pain because what had happened, Germany had just unleashed its first large-scale use of poisonous gas, chloride gas, or chlorine, whatever it's Jesus yeah. Christ. This is the first time it was used on a big... Gas was I used before this. I think that was used in, like, Japan in the subway system, like, in the past 20 years or really? like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. An attack in Japan in the subway system oh, where there was like what was the name gas. of that cult? Yeah, there was a cold involved, definitely. Yeah. So no now, shit. this bat, the second battle of Ypres, this ended with the Germans couldn't gain any more. Like the yeah. Germans couldn't gain any more ground, so they just artillery Ypres to the ground. They just destroyed the whole fucking. They're like, well, we can't march any further, so we'll just bombard yeah. until the so entire city. So they did the gas destroyed. attack, and the gas attack worked. Perfectly, and they retreated hardcore. No one had ever seen a mass scale gas attack before, yep. so they're retreating like crazy. <laughs> and Germany's like, "We should move forward." And all the troops are like, "But we just threw gas over there. Yeah, right. We just gassed all so, that." So yeah, and they move. I'm not going there. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to wait. Nice. Yes, you are right. Just fucking wait until the wind it. blows it over into that next village, and then we can move forward. <laughs> so even though it's technically considered a stalemate, I, I would kind of give this one to Germany because not only did they unleash that gas attack, but then they just sat there and just destroyed the priests, like yeah. just fucking just Shelled artillery bombard. Yeah, bombarding the shit out of it. Now that's the fun part of the war. Also, you don't see any bodies. You don't see who you're affecting. You're just loading gigantic bullets, bullets. into massive howitzer guns and just. Boom! I would love to hear this. I would love to hear like the water core networking that goes on while loading. Two guys loading a boat. So, cheer about Joe. Yeah, I got laid off. Damn shame, right? Yeah. Two kids. Fire! Just fucking boom! Boom! Like, 
room. We gotta I get up for poker the, this weekend or what? The yeah. first time <laughs> that they brought howitzers into Belgium and fired a shot, it shattered windows across the entire town. Just because the window panes in 1914 weren't double pane insulated glass and shit. They were just thin ass window panes and across the whole town from the first artillery shot most of the windows broke and people were hurt by like flying glass and shit oh it doesn't surprise me at all all right so a few other things that happened in 1915 right in february 1915 uh this is when the germans began using submarines against ally merchant ships all around the british island this is when germany's like you know what instead of just fucking with your military well, fuck with your trade and civilians too. So this is where, more, again, with Germany, and they're like, look at our ball. Look, we just do things to do them. You know, like, well, no, so Germany my really balls on the table. Here. Germany wanted to choke <coughs> Great Britain out. So they yeah. knew that Great Britain had unlimited resources from external countries. Yep. So what they because did was they, surra- they started surrounding the, the island, taking out all the merchant ships. And just it went is. ham. It is. It's, it's absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, in April, that is, April of 1915 is when the Allies attack the Ottoman Empire, like we talked about, in an attempt to take the Dardanelles Strait. Um, and they, it was a massive failure for eight months. They barely ever breached the beaches, the Allies. They were fucked up real bad. Now, to wrap everything up for the first year of World War I, we're going to get to the event that was key in terms of it really started to piss off not only USA... But other countries started to have a much worse outlook on the Germans because of this. And if you think, and I don't know if everyone knows this, but I'm talking about the sinking of the luxury cruiser, the Lusitania, the RMS Lusitania, or Lusitania, however the fuck it's pronounced. Okay? At 2:10 p.m., 2:10 p.m., it was struck by a U-boat U-20. Okay, it was identified, torpedoed, and it sank in 18 minutes. By 2.28, the boat was under fucking water. 1,959 were on board. 1,200 died. That's almost as many as what? The Titanic. The Titanic. Yep. I right. Thought, I thought we were going for and 9-11. No. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> no. This, oh, well, this, 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 is, this is only a third. About half a 9-11. This is about half a 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is a third. 1,200? 12, it's a third. Oh, a little more than half a 9-11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this was a... But see, I'm so glad that comes up all the time. But, um... This was a luxury cruiser. It was people that had nothing to do with anything with the war. Civilians. And you fucking U-boat them. Like... Awful. Now, have you Dan heard is about using U-boats as a verb? Yup. <laughs> have you heard <laughs> about the whole conspiracy around the sinking of the Lusitania? I haven't, but we're gonna get to that. Give me one second. I okay. promise I'll let you say it. So that is where I end my research of the first World War, the first year of it. The Lusitania sinks. This pisses off other countries. It pisses off America. Twelve hundred civilians on a luxury cruiser dead. Germany. One hundred and twenty-eight sh- Americans. Yep. Yeah, because there was Americans on the boat, too. And that's... You don't fuck with... Once you start killing American citizens, now they're like, let's broadcast this on the news and let everyone know they killed American citizens, so we have an excuse to go fucking hop so, on board. To go spread some freedom. Yeah. 128 <laughs> people died. What should we do? We should join the war so tens of thousands more of our people die. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Fucking brilliant. So, so, that, Mike, friends, is the first year The conspiracy around the Lusitania. The Great War. Go ahead. All right, so... From what I hear, before the ship ever sailed, 
they knew for a fact that German U-boats were in the area that the ship was going to be sailing through. And the whole hull of the ship was lined with American weapons headed for British and French troops. So, of course, you know, <coughs> Germany, they made sure also to leak this information. So Germany found out that this ship was carrying a huge weapons hoard. So the conspiracy that is that we purposely leaked it so we had a reason to join the war. Exactly. We Knew sent it. the ship into hostile waters on purpose so that the Germans would sink it so that America had an excuse to get the population right. behind the war. Isn't that what happened when the propaganda wait, in America wait, took big, big problem with that, though, is that, one, the Lusitania wasn't an American ship. It, it just British had ship. Americans on it. But it was sailing and, from America. Okay, but America didn't send it there. It, it was, was sailing from returning. America to... You know, back through the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. And it was loaded with weaponry. Okay. Is that, yeah, yeah is we that were some... supplying Britain hard. Yeah. But like, all like those we, people we cruising had on that luxury heavy. cruiser. Real quick, I gotta ask no something. Idea isn't, that that similar, isn't that similar to the Vietnam thing? The conspiracy that we bombed the, uh, the, the ship in the Gulf of Tonkin? The Gulf of Tonkin. Wipe your blade off. Tonkin, the Gulf of Tonkin, yeah. Wipe your blade off. Yeah. What was wrong with it? It's got lime juice on it. Oh, it's got lime juice on it. Yeah, sorry about that. My bad. Oh, okay. Get the lime juice off yeah. it before you pop it. Yeah, Gulf of Tonkin, Lusitania, 9-11, they're all the same, same fucking thing. <laughs> they're all false flag operations in order to get the population behind global war. We'll do it this World War I! So, right, so, Episode 1! Alright, so that was my first year. Uh, do we feel like we learned some shit? I, I feel learned like we learned some, some shit. shit. Good, Definitely. then I did my job. And I Hard know our listeners learn shit because they ain't researching World War One. <laughs> no, they aren't. They're not spending their free time learning history. Yeah, they spend eight hours in the last three days fucking researching. Yeah, yeah, yep. And I'm okay with it because I love research episodes and I love to talk. <laughs> I really love research episodes too. I, I really do. Yeah, Josh has having... two weeks to research his. <clears throat> oh yeah, and I'm going to. Probably not do any research until the last two days. Have, so <laughs> we'll see. All right, so I've got a few shout outs before we start to wrap things up on our end. I'd like to shout out to one small town mentality podcast. Um, ben and Austin, they have been communicating with me on the twat box. They've helped me get involved with uh, with Twitter groups, with podcasts, and we are now part of a network. You can Thank find you, us. Ben. Thank you, Austin. Yep, you can find us on Drama City Productions website with uh, a whole slew of. Not safe for work pods. The entire network is pods that you really can't tune into on the safe level. And that's why I'm <laughs> proud to be part of this network now. Probably so, not for kids. Yep, probably not. So, <laughs> your children away. So check out Small Ten Mentality. It's just two dudes out there in the middle of fucking nowhere. And they just, it's no topic, no direction, open discussion, random guests. It's cool. It's just two guys kind of doing what we do, except we they don't even pick topics. They just kind of go with it every oh, episode. Nice. And I can appreciate hang that. Hang out and shoot the shit. Yeah, it's awesome. Every episode's um, a take your topic off. Uh, I also found a podcast called It's Always Funny in Philadelphia where they review it, and they have a lot of episodes to do. Each episode, they review an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and then I would like to give a shout-out to the female version of Us that I found. 
They're called Zero Fucks Given. Zero Fucks Given. I did see that. And it's three it's that? three chicks who are just like, fuck you, we talk about dicks and anal and we don't give zero I'm like, this is great. This is the female <laughs> version of us. So um shout out to a few of those guys out there. Thank you guys for being part of the podcast. What's up, bitches? Um now on to us. First off, find us on iTunes and drop us a fucking five-star review. We need more of them. Potsy, where else can they find us? Come over to Instagram. You can find us at WITG Pod. You can find Dan at T underscore WITG Podcast. And you can find me at Easy Potsy. Yep. And what do you like? Knives and Cars. Good shit. I just had to make sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean, um, Still haven't posted anything on Easy Potsy in months. Yeah, I know. It's many, all good. Many, months. Um, the Twat Box has been quite active lately, so find us on Twitter at WITG Podcast. That stands for Who Invited This Guy Podcast. I'm tweeting up clips from our episodes, uh, our Patreon link. Check that out. If you're interested in donating to the show, a dollar, five bucks, whatever you want to, that'd be great. It would help us give you better audio quality, but we ain't going to twist your arm about it. And we're on all the big names like Spotify, fucking Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean. We're everywhere. Check us the fuck out. Oh, how did Pandora go, by the way? Haven't heard back, back yet. Haven't heard anything yet. From what I've heard, Pandora is a long review process. They took one okay. listen and went, nope. nope. And, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you. Yeah, they'll, they, they'll tell you. <laughs> I hope so. Your content is not something that Pandora wants to associate itself nope. with. <laughs> now, Josh, where's the most important place they can find search it. google who invited this guy or any other search engine for that matter uh if you look for the first link you can see it probably has a dot podbean.com ending to it that would be click awesome. on that link all our shit all our shit and if that link wasn't good enough for you the next four or five links down have all our shit and so let me tell you we're at 77 episodes now. yes 77, 77. we made the double sevens so I, I want to say importantly that josh brings up the Podbean. if you guys are listening on like six of the different platforms we're available on you're only getting 50 episodes so no i changed it i changed it to every platform now has 100 episodes available Okay. Oh, okay, so cool. it means all of our episodes are available on every platform now. Cool. Yep, I went in and cha- I edited that motherfucker. Any like, platform, all, all our shit. All our shit. You it all starts at Podbean.com. <laughs> oh, man. This was a good episode. It went very well. Hell yeah. Now we've got part two for you coming up in a week, my friends. Get ready because Potsy is going to take the fucking reins on the next one. He's going to give us the meat and potatoes You're middle ready section. For some real grizzly shit. Yep. Yeah. Potsy's got it for us, my friends. So. Uh, this was awesome. For who invited this guy? I'm Danny T. I'm Eric. I'm Josh. And as always, we're here to say, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Squiggle bee.